Welcome to Parenting with Vanessa Colon's podcast. Today's podcast is going to be something kind of special and sweet to my heart because this is something that my supervisor has taught me who passed away in January and her name was Janina Nadainer. And I want to say, you know, she's been, she was doing therapy with children with, you know, all types of needs, disabilities, you name it, you know, and I always say that she was way before her times when, you know, the world was ready for her, but she did train me. So, and her interventions are pretty phenomenal. And I have to say that I've had a lot of success with them, but she would be that therapist that would rent a van. And she did this years ago. She rented a van and would go home and like to different homes and had a therapy office in a car. This is, you know, I want to say 40 years ago. I mean, that's what I'm saying that people weren't ready for her yet. I mean, she was just very, you know, charismatic, um, likes results, the same with me, you know, and, and just tries to find a way to meet the child where they are. And so one of the things she's really taught me is that my brain goes a hundred miles an hour, which, you know, and sometimes I have a tendency to just keep talking and, you know, being comfortable being in silence. So I, or just having a session, being in silence and within time, you know, being more comfortable that, you know, in silence, you actually grow. I have learned. So even when you're seeing kids and sometimes it's that silence when you're like, well, you know what? I'm not sure what the consequence should be. Let's both of us think about it. That's actually the intervention, the silence, because you want to have the child thinking about what they did. So think about this for a second. You have a child who is, you know, completely just beside themselves, not listening at anything you're doing or whatnot. And, and you're just not sure what to do, you know, and you're, the child has a need, the need's not getting met. So they're acting out. And in that moment, you're like, well, I don't even know what to, you know, you can try saying like, Hey, bummer, how sad for you. I'm going to think about a consequence that's appropriate to get back to you. Cause you want to make sure that the consequence matches the actual, you know, action that the child did. So it matches, right? You're going to, you know, if they're on the iPad too long, you're going to take away the iPad. You're not going to, you know, take away, well, maybe you'll take away dessert. I mean, it really depends, but you want to make sure that the consequence actually matches what you just did or like what the child just did. So it's, it's on the same level. So it's, you know, a natural consequence, right? In its own sense, right? You're not going to like have a kid screaming at you and then take away Disneyland, well, maybe you will, but that doesn't really match. <laughs> so, but here, you know, these are the things when you're, when you have a situation, when you're like, oh my gosh, something just happened and I don't even know what to do. And like, what is the next consequence? What should I be doing for my child? How am I going to help my child learn that that wasn't okay? Instead of reacting and, and having this, like, you know, you lost, eye. okay, here's an example. Now I'm getting my brain together here. It's a little bit meshed. Um, you would say, okay, you're going to lose the iPad for a week. Really, it's not going to happen. It's just not like the iPad's not going to be there. Um, and you're going to give it right back because <laughs> you know what? It's easier for you to at the same time. And then once you calm down. So what I'm saying is as you're doing, you know, you're looking at consequences and one liners with children, it's really important to understand that whatever you want to make sure that the consequence is appropriate to what they did in the behavior. Right. So if you know for a fact that like, Okay, let's be honest. You know, iPad and screen time sometimes is a break for the parent. Like, you don't want to have a whole week with no screen time at the same time because you're going to be, like, putting your head in the wall because they're going to be asking for it all the time. So the, the, the actual intervention would be, right, something comes up, you're not sure what to do, and just say, wow, you know, I really need to think about this. Why don't we just take a break from everything? And come back and think about this because that's what you want to be able to do that's going to help you grow and your relationship grow and the child understand that there are consequences to their behavior.
So that's one of the one-liners, like one of the things I like to do as an intervention. But again, it's really that space of not talking that the child's like, well, what should my consequence be? You're having the child think about what their actions are, what it should match. And I got to be honest with you. Anytime I do this intervention, the child comes out, oh, you know, I, it's like the worst consequence ever. <laughs> I mean, like, no, we didn't mean that like that. It doesn't have to be the worst consequence ever. It's just, you know, what do you think is going to match what you just did? What do you think is fair? Right? Oh, and then what if you have your child who's screaming at you? you it's not fair. My other one-liner, whoever told you that things in life are fair? Who told you? I didn't get the memo. These are the interventions you want to do with your kid, right? These are the things that you want to work with. It's like, well, I'm not going to engage in like, well, life isn't fair and you're like a horrible parent. Well, I'm sorry. You know, this is what you got. And who told you life was fair? Because life isn't fair. We all know this. But what you don't want to do is what I'm trying to help with these one-liners is that the situation doesn't spiral out of control to where you don't have control and you're losing the battle with your child because the consequence was too far extreme. Then you have to come back and then the child's like, oh, well, I can get away with something else and do something else again. And they're not going to do it. And of course, my kid, my dog is stuck at the bottom of the stairs and I'm hoping she figures out how to come up as she's barking. You can hear the bat way background. Right. So these are the things you want to look at instead of engaging in this whole negative attention that you're going to get. Well, what do you mean life's not fair? What do you mean that's that's not going to happen? And yesterday I was with a parent and she said, this makes me sad that you did X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean that makes you sad? Like he has that, that three-year-old has that much control over you. Like what message are we sending the child? Instead you can say, you know, I'm really sad for you, but the child doesn't have that you know, I don't think the child should have, think that they have that kind of control to change your mood like that. So what messages are we sending? So it's important to think about like the language you're doing with children, because if you have a kid that's like, oh, that made her, my parents sad and wants that negative attention, they're going to do it again. Instead, you want to be grounded and, you know, that 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 front that you the child knows that you are their their rock you are solid right i'm never going to tell a child well you made me really sad cuz you know they're going to do it again and i don't want them to think that they have that kind of control right so if they have that kind of control over you then what are we teaching them that they can control you and by doing things and it and it becomes very negative and the behavior starts to spiral and get out of control and, you know, so those are the things. And then when your child is just, just what, what about when your child is trying to disrupt a family event by running around wildly and screaming the top of their lungs, trying to say, you know, I would just stop and say, wow, it looks like you have something to say, you know, let me know when you're ready to talk in a regular voice so I can listen. Again, I'm not going to sit there and tell the child, no, stop doing that. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, obviously they have a, they have something to say. They're not sure what to say. So we need to stop whatever's going on and stop in that moment, but not engage in that. You don't want to meet them where they are. Cause if you meet them with where they are, if they're screaming and then you start screaming and you're meeting them with anger, it just doesn't work. No one's learning anything except how to communicate in a way that's pretty negative. So we need to be careful on what we're doing with that. So I think it's really important to understand like, okay, well, when you're ready, let me know. I mean, even the other day I had a little girl over here and we're doing a puzzle and she just started getting really silly. And I said, okay, let me know when you're ready to listen. 
automatically, okay, I'm ready to listen. And you could see a shift in the behavior. So, I mean, these little one lines, instead of saying, okay, can you sit still? Can you, you know, it's time to do this. You need to stop fidgeting. You need to do it. You know, you need to listen to me. You need to stop running around, you know, have lines in your back pocket that you could just take out. It's like a little toolkit, right? How do you bring these toolkits out and where you're able to say, okay, these are the things that are going to help the behaviors and help my child from escalating where I'm not escalating with my child, right? So you don't want to meet your child's anger with anger. We're feeding, that is feeding them a debt, a diet of negative attention and emotion, which is exhausting for both the child and the parent. And it's greatly ineffective. So having these one-liners again, like, you know, when your child says it's not fair, well, who told you life was fair? And I also, I did, I actually did this with a friend. (laughs) No, wait, who did I do this with? Actually, with my dad. Wait, hold on. Who did I do? I did something. So we were arguing about something, and I just said, I love you so much, I don't want to fight right now. And I will say that to my kids sometimes. I'm like, I love you too much, I'm not going to fight. I love you so much, I'm not going to do this. Or let me know when you're ready to listen. Those are the things I'm going to do. And if they and there are some kids that are going to keep coming back at you. They don't want to stop. They love the fighting. So then how do you stop? I'm like, well, I would say I'm not going to fight with you. Let me know when you're calm. And walk away. Right? Again, like... Those are the things that you want to think about, like as you're looking at how you want to relate with your child, how you teach your child to communicate, how you get them into a place where they're actually communicating in a healthy manner. Because, you know, meeting anger with anger, meeting behavior with behavior, it doesn't work with anybody. So there has to be the grounding person in that relationship, which is normally the parent, the adults, right? You have a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, even a 16-year-old you know, it's important that the parent or the adult is grounded and being able to do things that where the child feels safe and secure, that the the adult's not going to lose it when they make a mistake or do something. But having one-liners helps. It also gives the parent a break, right? Well, let me know when you're ready to talk, then we'll talk. Those are the things you want to look at because you keep going in and, and talking, and I've talked about this before in other podcasts, right? So when you have a kid that is just constantly going at it and going at it and going at it, and then the child, the parents, like going, they're both arguing. Nobody's processing anything. Zero, zip, zip, like zero. Nothing's going in. Nothing's coming out. No one's understanding what's going on. I mean, it's just very chaotic and hectic, and you're just like, what just happened? Nothing happened. That was productive and positive for the relationship. Everything shuts down the mind, the, like the brain just shuts down. You're not hearing what you're saying, you know, then like, or, or for me, when I get into that space, I start mumbling. I'm not coming across the way I think I'm coming across my dyslexia and my processing takes over. And I'm actually really bad at arguing. <laughs> I mean, I, when it comes to my work and my kids and like facts and stuff like that, but when it comes to like an actual fight of emotions, um, I have a hard time expressing it because then I get, it's like a tongue twist and I can't get it out right away. So that's why sometimes I need to take a break, but there's sometimes, you know, some people that I'm like, how come I can't ever get, like, how come I can't ever win? It's not even about winning or losing, but I'm like, how come I can't get my point across? But I can get my point across, like, I don't know, two days later after I processed it, because that's how much time it takes me sometimes to process what just happened, right? So if you can imagine a kid that has processing issues or behavioral stuff and other things are going on, right, you want to make sure that you have time to be able to like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's figure out how to calm down. Once again, I love, like, I love you too much to argue with you. You're like the worst parent ever, you know. Uh, life isn't fair. And, you know, whoever told you life was fair? 
These are the message you want to give. These are the message you want to give to the child as they're doing it. When your child, when your child does something and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what a consequence should be for this because this is so out, out of left field. I'm not sure like this is new to me or maybe your partner's not home. I don't know, whatever it is, but it gets to the point where you're like, I don't even know what to do. At that moment you say, you know, bummer, how sad for you. I have to think about this and what consequence is going to be appropriate. And I'll get back to you. And you do some thinking too. And then we'll talk about this after. Then we'll come together and think about what makes sense and what was the right consequence for you. Because that's, again, that, those are the things that's going to help you get a moment, take a break, get away from the situation, really start to do it. Because you don't want to say, I'm going to take away the iPad for two weeks, right? And that's really not going to happen. It's just not. Like, no one's going to do that. <laughs> it's, you might take it for the day or the next day, but kids have a way of, like, getting it right back, you know? So you want to make sure you're following through and that you are consistent. So make sure that the, that the consequence actually ma- matches the behavior so it's not so extreme um, on a level that doesn't make any sense because then you're going to have to backtrack and say, well, I kind of made a mistake. And the other thing is, as an adult, I think it's really important for, for parents to admit when they made a mistake. Admit it. Say you're sorry. It's okay. I think the times that I've told a kid, hey, you know, I'm really sorry about something. Next thing you know, they're actually, you know, wow, I can't believe you said sorry and you made a mistake. I'm like, of course, we want to model the behavior that we want to see. Now, if you're telling a child to do one thing and you're doing another, what messages are we sending? It's completely, you know, confusing for a child, right? And if you have a kid that's running around and go screaming and not jumping on things there, you know, off the top of their lungs. And I'm not sure I would, I would say, okay, let me know when you want to tell me what you want to tell me. Cause obviously you want to talk, but let's do it in a regular voice so I can listen. Or the other one is very simple. Let me know when you're ready to talk and we'll calm and we'll do that. So I really think it's important to understand that, you know, as you are coming up with different tools in your toolbox as you're parenting children. These are the things you want to look at is like keeping it short, sweet, less words. That's where you're going to see the difference. Again, we don't want to match anger with anger. We don't want to match screaming with screaming or, you know, but we also want to make sure that we're, we're teaching how to the, the conflict resolution. How are we going to come together and figure out a plan moving forward? How do we teach the child to start to reflecting on their own behavior? right? And also as a parent, being able to say, okay, you know what? Parenting is really hard. It is. It is really hard, you know, and you have your child coming in your life. They're teaching you these lessons and like what lessons and what things do you want to carry in your toolkit that's going to help you, you know, not, not go to the extreme of like taking away everything out of their room and then having to give it back because you just went over the edge, right? Or maybe you're, you're, you need to be able to take a break. So the things that you could do is being able to take a break, you know, have these one-liners in your back pocket when you're ready to listen, let me know. That's really one of the things I do at my school all the time. And it's let me know when you're ready to listen. Okay, Vanessa. That's what I get. Okay, Vanessa, I'm ready. It's like this, oh, you know, I'm ready. And those are the things that I think are really important because I'm not going to sit there and tell a child, you know, do X, Y, and Z, stop fidgeting, stop moving your body, stop doing this, stop, like this negative, you know, this negative language that we're using all the time instead. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait for you to calm down and then we'll talk. Let me know. And that's also giving them responsibility where they're actually thinking about their actions. They're thinking about what they just did and they're controlling their body. Right. And what do we want to teach? Self-regulation skills. 
You can get more information on my book, Shut Up a Parent. I also have other podcasts that talks about consequences, how to, what's the difference between internal and external reinforcement with children, you know, how to get the behavior change you want, how to kind of, kind of just give you an idea of, is it a sensory issue or a behavior issue? Just really understanding what's happening in the home can really help, but really looking at language, you know, and, and, and the other thing is like, have you been naughty? I hear this all the time and I'm just going, why are we doing that? You know, no one's naughty. No one's good. No one's bad. It's the choices we make, right? You made a choice. Was the choice positive or negative in your life? How did it affect you? Again, it goes down to the choices. If we're just always going to be labeling as good, bad, or, or, or naughty, right? Then who's, where's the child? <laughs> like, where's the child? You know, um, the child makes the choice. They have free will. They can make that. But as a parent and as an educator, it's our job to help them understand that their choices have consequences and the consequences should match their behavior and what they're doing. But also, you know, how do they help think about what their actions are? And again, sometimes silence is golden. Sometimes silence is that intervention. And that's something I've had to learn because I used to always talk a lot and, and just want to pro well, not even process like, well, I guess maybe process, but if, if things are uncomfortable, I would keep the conversation going. It's just like if you're on a date, right? I'm like, I can ask a million questions and keep it going the whole time. And then I'm just realizing, I'm like, wait, is someone going to ask me a question? So it's taking that step back and saying, okay, you know, are they going to, are they going to meet me halfway? And most people don't. <laughs> and I've had to learn that. And sometimes I don't want to carry the date, <laughs> right? I just don't. Cause I'm like, this is kind of, and like, what? So being uncomfortable, I'm like, okay, you know what? If this is where we are right now, that's fine. But understanding that silence is golden. You can get a lot out of the child to be able to go inward and reflect and just have those tools in your back pocket. So when you, when you're starting to get super frustrated, you could just pull them out really quickly and say, okay, when you're ready, we'll talk when you're calm or let me think about this for a second and then we come back again they need to think too and have a have a and have a talking about it, whatever just happened. And then also once you guys are done with this, which I could do another podcast on, do the situation over again, do a re redo or a rewind that I call. Those are the things that are going to help you move to the next step with your child. So they're actually working on, you know, conflict resolution and building your relationship with your child. Because when you're always escalating with your child, it's going, it becomes, you know, a little toxic at times. Right. And so then they don't know how to have appropriate ways to communicate. So that gets very difficult. So I hope you like this podcast. I am going to be doing one next week. Um, I don't know what the topic is going to be on, but I try to do one weekly. Again, you have my book, Shut Up and Parent. You can get on Amazon and my podcast is on Apple and Spotify. Hope you enjoyed this. Bye.